Welcome to the Voices of Resilience podcast, a podcast series by NAMEL, a registered social enterprise and non-for-profit organisation that helps forcibly displaced people earn a better living through dignified remote employment. We provide training and marketable skills and collaborate with organisations that support training in the digital skills required in today's digital economy. Welcome to episode number six of the Voices of Resilience podcast. I'm Clay Lowe and I am your host. And in today's episode, we get to hear from Suha Naban, co-founder and strategic director of Migration Jam. She shares with us her story of migration and also shares with us the story behind Migration Jam, which is awesome. So you're in for a treat today. And without further ado, here's Suha. My name is uh, Suha Nabhan. I'm a co-founder of uh, Migration Jam and Strategic Director. I'm based in Istanbul. Uh, um, I come from Syria and I'm half Palestinian. And um, my background is focused on strategic communication and storytelling, uh, which is um, more of what I like to do as well, uh, storytelling and uh, creating stories and uh, spreading them around. Awesome. So, well, as a storyteller, you will know every story has a beginning, middle and an end. So quite fascinated to know where your story began in terms of the decision to migrate. So what was your, what was that decision in the beginning? What's the origin story of that? Um, well, I think um, my story to migrate is as many others, I assume uh, it, it's not a decision. Um, I, I had it before and unfortunately I also have it now I'm also planning to leave uh, Turkey soon um, I feel like I was I migrated because I had to not because I, I wanted and also right now I'm kind of in the same situation actually where I'm planning to leave here not because I wanted to go somewhere else as much as I have to leave here um, it was in 2016 I was visiting Turkey um, for two times, 2014-15 for work. And then I heard the huge rumor by December 2015, I was here, and I heard the rumor that by, it was a very strange rumor that coming with a date, like by 7th of January 2016, uh, Syrians will start to need visa to enter Turkey. We didn't need visa back then. Uh, it was visa by arrival, and that meant actually like they would like, close the doors, they won't give these visas. So I literally came back before New Year, had the last New Year Eve with my family and traveled with my brother here. And it was just within a few days. And even there was a snowstorm, I remember. So first we booked just a day before that. And then I was really worried that people would be stuck on the snow. And if it's past the 12 a.m., they might not enter. And which unfortunately what actually really happened eventually mm. for people who got stuck in the storm um, so we really left in within a few days i don't even know what i packed <laughs> right so was it a, you had to move quite lightly or or quickly was it a hurry up and, and get moving yeah okay yeah both i had to move very quickly and lightly and without understanding what is waiting for me or um, if I'm going to come back soon to get my stuff or I would, yeah. Right. 
And what was uh, the the sort of biggest impact on you throughout your your journey? So that's, a, as you say, I mean, that's quite a, you know, a, a big thing to have to up and move, you know, and sort of short notice and not have all your things and come into a place of unknown. What was the a big impact on you throughout that, that sort of, that journey. Well, your journey from where you, that to now to where you are, what's been the biggest impact? Well, I learned a lot through this. It's been seven years I'm mm. here in Turkey. And um, it wasn't easy, but also I was lucky in different um, corners in terms of the people that were around me, um, the opportunities that I got, job opportunities, and uh, also learning opportunities. Um, I didn't think I would be where I am right now at all. Um, and I'm thankful to actually having the chance to land on migration jam as a journey right now. Mm. Um, and through these years, I worked with different companies and organizations and I work online since a long way before the pandemic like since 2013 and uh, so that part didn't really get affected let's say but also uh, it was easier in terms of what is available in terms of speed of net and mm. you know resources let's say and were you essentially um, starting from zero did you start like you had to start from zero and build yourself back up from from that space yeah definitely um also i wasn't involved um so i was to volunteer more with the development sector or initiatives working um on social change and um, i started working with an international organization 2016 after i moved here a few months um so I, that was something I didn't have direct experience uh, with. And now it became my journey for the past seven, eight years. Um, so yeah, it was kind of start from scratch in terms of learning. And of course, also learning where I am, <laughs> how to deal with everything personal level. Um, and I took, um, I did my best, let's say, to try to get, to reach the opportunities or to grow as much as possible despite the struggles and, mm. and uh, the things we've faced. Because uh, the, the title of this podcast is uh, The Voices of Resilience. And you have to have a lot of resilience to you know, uproot, come start from scratch in a foreign country. And so how did, what did, how did, what did you draw on? What, what, did you reach inside? Did you reach on others? So where does that strength come from to say, you know what, I'm, I'm in this position but I'm going to take control and and make things happen for myself. Well, I I don't think it was a choice. Uh, and like in, in Migration Jam's events, when we also meet the, um, with a lot of great initiators and people who uh, created projects to learn from them. And this question, I started to actually ask less and less, like how especially about resilience, I remember one of the, them which said, who told you I am resilient or that <laughs> <laughs> I am I'm like, how did you gain this uh, power? And like, how, why do you think I am managing well? Or, so um, I learned from that as well that, and from my journey that, uh, yeah, it's not a choice. Uh, say it's, um, 
you're kind of on survival mode, mm. uh, which is also not very good thing to be honest to celebrate. It's a hard thing to go through, I would say. Um, I learned a lot from the people. That's what I say. Like from the stories that I observe, I really love. I learned by stories as well, and um, they shaped a lot of where I am right now, and they helped me to also understand. Like you would. When you are in the middle of a struggle, sometimes you feel that this is the worst that could happen to mm. anyone. And then you hear another story and it's like, oh, like that's even harder than what you've been through. And um, and since I came here, what was really going back to what was more impactful for me, like open up, opening up to other stories and opening up and reaching out to lots of other stories across the globe, where when I was in Syria, I was more in a black and it's harder to see beyond that because of how harsh the struggle is and because of the limitation of what who you can reach mm. as well um so that was very helpful to be able to reach more people and to connect with their stories so now you mentioned at the start that you are in a position where you're going to have to leave turkey now <laughs> So what lessons that you learned through your seven years journey so far that you are using to take forward with you to make this next move? <laughs> I didn't give it, I didn't give it a thought to be honest. <laughs> uh, I'm still in the process. So I'm more in the phase of denial. Uh, okay. Uh, of like, I'm still, I'm surrounded with my stuff, with my plants, and this is my home for more than, this place where I live for more than five and a half years, six years in the same house. Um, so I really just don't understand how, how this would happen, when it would happen. Um, but um, like I, I just learned that I don't know if it's old there is someone something that everyone who moves sometimes they repeat that I'm starting from zero I don't believe that it's zero I don't think what I lived so far even if I have to move to somewhere totally new it's called zero I move with what I gained with knowledge of what I gained of uh, connections of people um, so of course, it's going to be hard, but I struggle with this sentence when it's like you're starting from scratch. Right? Mm. What does that mean that I, what I went through or what I learned does not matter? Um, yeah, I'm thinking out loud with you right now. Yeah, no, that's good. That's perfect. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, some of the, where that sort of, you know, this idea that, and I, in some of the work that I do with individuals in terms of uh, uh, coaching, that a lot of times we can think we've starting from complete zero and then this increases more panic but if you then stop and look back over your course of your journey so far you know wherever you from birth to now you've been gathering experiences along the way and you've done certain things and so you're reaching back and then drawing on those experiences then helps you in your sort of present moment. So I always get people to sort of reflect on, you know, your previous journey and what have you learned? And so maybe what you're taking forward is maybe an incremental change, but it's not, you know, it's not like it's the first time ever that you've particularly done a thing. And so 
you know, take that pause to reflect and think, yeah, okay, what, what are those, those uh, things that I love, what strengths that I have that I can sort of draw on? So, yeah. So what strengths will you draw on once you get out of your denial phase <laughs> to get you going? So because I'm involved deeply with the project that I mentioned, with Migration Jump, and it's not located limitly, limited to location. So it's not limited to Turkey. So I'm like, also that makes me feel like I'm... The journey will continue with the project. It will even hopefully grow better um, in other locations. Um, I want to understand where I'm going in terms of regulations, in terms of how to set up this project somewhere else. That's what mainly I'm also considering of um, how we can take the project somewhere else and continue to grow. Uh, in terms of, of registration, basically, um, mm. and these details, and <laughs> how to pick up which plant I will take from. My <laughs> we have like a jungle around, so which plant to pick up? That will be the, the hardest, I think, at home. Awesome. Um, yeah, what like what things you would take, what things to leave behind, and I think it's not. Uh, denial in terms of decision but also i'm not taking active actions toward it uh, uh yet um in terms of uh, practical actions i mean at home or something yeah so i have time to think it through and this is the difference i mean last time i had only a few days this time i i really like had also the feeling that i want to take a few months to digest it to understand it to be in denial and then accept it and then go i don't want i felt like this is also um it affected me a lot that i had to leave in few days i think like even brain or the memory um it's really hard to find yourself suddenly removed from everything that you were connected with and within a few days um and yeah i think at least i'm grateful that i have the time uh, I was in a conference a few months ago and uh, was in Europe. And then people, when I came back, asked, how did you come back? Why did you come back? Are you stupid? And, and then I also understood, like, no, I really wanted to come back because I didn't want to just leave everything behind in a moment. I wanted, if I can, if I had the privilege, I know it's a privilege, but if I have it, I want to use it a bit to give myself the time to settle uh, on the decision and slowly accept it before I have to be rushed to it. Even if it's not my decision, let's say 100% to go, but still, if I can take the time, I want to give myself that. Awesome. And so what's the thing that you are most proudest of so far and why? Personally, I would say I'm, I'm proud of uh, our family, like to manage despite very crazy circumstances to stay connected, loving, and um, yeah, I don't know when we will all even to me, be able to meet together. Um, that's 
not even clear. Um, but we managed to stay connected every day in different ways. Um, I am proud of uh, me and my partner to manage to survive pandemic and uh, <laughs> uh, all the things that happened the past two years. And for the work, and I'm mostly proud of the team and what they really bring in for this project for Migration Jam, uh, for my partner, Amal, who's the co-founder of the mm. project. Um, every one of them is really, really unique person that I'm, I'm really proud of and happy to be connected with. Um, and the stories that we learn through the journey, how we handle it, and the fact that we are actually taking that risk. So I quit my job in 2022, uh, in the mid of 2022, it was still during the, the peak of the pandemic, let's mm. say, and it was scary, but also very, very relieving yeah. <laughs> after four, almost four years in the same uh, space. I, I wanted to be out and check what, what's out there, what's possible, and to try what I really like. And landing on Migration Jam, I feel it was the best uh, decision I've made in the past years um, because of my love to storytelling and to be able to support creatives from the community and it's not that I am supporting them, we're all supporting each other to have a collective work um, and to have a community that support each other that I'm really happy and proud that we are taking that risk it's not easy, it wasn't easy and um, I'm not expecting it to be smooth but um, we're doing it. <laughs> You're doing your thing. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I do want to talk about Migration Jam uh, a little later on in the podcast, just to give people an understanding of, of what that is and, and what the project is and what, what you guys are um, uh, uh, are working on and, and, and hope to accomplish your sort of vision for the Migration Jam. So if you, you know, think about um, most people's sort of understanding of refugees and migrants and displaced people will tend to come through what they've seen in the media. Um, if you could relay a message to people, what do you wish more people knew about refugees, migrants or displaced people? I would wish that people talk with refugees, not about them. That's, I think, the main thing that mm. others mean, like how much talk is about them, but not with them. How many stories, that's also in the core of what we're trying to do, that are about them, but not from them. And um, I wish that it's not portrayed um, in the media specifically. Like there's a lot of push to portray migrants as weak or... Um, always a need for help um, and giving the other people the feeling of superiority to help you from this desperate situation um, to give them the feeling of the savior and then and growing more emotion of empathy toward the refugees instead of equal um, and, and I wish that uh, people realize that it's more damaging mm. uh, it's not helping um, because 
yeah, how people see you affect how you see yourself yeah. in a way. And uh, if people keep portraying migrants and refugees as weak, there's the, the, it's affecting the chance of going out of this bubble. Yeah. While I don't want to say the, the, the obvious, <laughs> which is like we're all the same, I think, and we're all equal, different opportunities, different situations, and we might all be in that situation anytime. Um, so the more we be, uh, like the more the more we are uh, reacting and communicating with refugees as equal, the better, um, and providing opportunities not out of empathy, but because we deserve that. Yeah, no, interesting. That's very good. Um, and as I say, yeah, it's it's, it's and I, and I, I think that's a really important point that i would love people to take away is like even just doing this series of podcasts and you get to hear individual stories and what you know where what was what's what's that person's individual experience as opposed to painting people with you know one sort of paintbrush refugee migrant and whatever uh association you might have from looking at the media or whatever, or reading the paper, uh, but to actually connect with people as individuals, understand their story, understand where they, where they're coming from, what, what are their dreams, aspirations, what they're trying to achieve that, you know, just understanding them um, as individuals. So, yeah, I think that's a, a really good point you make there. And just following on from that, um, how can we, how can people work towards changing the narrative and breaking those sort of stereotypes? So that's what we're really trying to learn. I don't claim that I found the key to the solution or the answer to this uh, 100%, but we're trying to understand how narratives are shaped and how can we change them if they are affecting people's lives negatively. Um, on two things that we focus on and I'm learning from is dialogue um, and so communication, dialogue and communication, and not taking stereotype, as you mentioned, like not putting people in these boxes, but listening to the, their stories from their perspective. Um, and breaking walls between us, like, so like in, in, instead of uh, the diversity, uh, I mean, how diverse, not diversity can be a good thing, but also, I mean, how not connected we are. Um, breaking these barriers and actually go and communicate with people everywhere um, we go I think there are migrants I find it a bit surprising when we go sometimes to discussions and ask like and, and there are people who say I've never ever met a migrant or communicated with a migrant but they already have perceptions about them mm. and they assume and they have how can you never meet a migrant and already think, oh, they're taking our jobs. Uh, they're, they're the reason of why the economy is struggling. And by the way, it's the same algorithm everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so everywhere you go, migrants are the reason, especially for economical uh, struggles. And um, yeah, everyone can easily blame migrants even without meeting them and connecting with them. Yeah, it's easy to blame the outsider, isn't it? It's like, okay, well, this, yeah, it's, there, it's the outsider's fault that yeah, this is going on. But yeah, and you see that play itself out time and time again. And and anywhere that you go, you, you'll find that, absolutely. 
So I want to shift gears then. And thanks again. Thanks for sharing, sharing you know, your story and your journey so far. And I'd like to shift gears and talk a, about the migration jam. If we could let the listeners know what is the migration jam? Because you've mentioned it several times now. What is it? What is the sort of mission? What are you, what are you attempting to achieve through it? Um, thank you. The Migration Jam is a collective of uh, creatives from the community of migrants and refugees um, with the goal to tackle or reframe um, the negative narrative on migration globally. Um, we feel this impact, the impact of, the, of this narrative on our lives and uh, we realize that um, there is a lot of initiatives that can that are designed to help migrants or, co- or connect people with migrants. But um, we realize also that we can create this network ourselves. And as I said, like it's it's uh, migrants are not as weak as portrayed. Um, it's uh, creative of um, collective sorry of. Uh, designers, illustrators, movie makers, podcast producers, content creators, storytellers, artists, um, and more. And together, we're trying with four different pillars. We're experimenting how to change this narrative. We're still young and learning. And we'll, so far, we are working on three, four different pillars. One, by using strategic communication campaigns, and so we design them and implement them. And one, by using uh, educational um, events like webinars, panels to open dialogues with locals, with foreigners, um, and to create the um, engaging environment and, and based on dialogues and storytelling. Um, and also by content creation, we produce podcasts, uh, animation, uh, videos, and um, graphics and illustrations. And one also on art and cultural, where we uh, host and uh, design and host events focus on um, highlighting the art uh, and the artistic work from the community or that is talking about the community and that can explain the narrative better or participate in changing that narrative. Um, that's in a summary, kind of. Okay. And I'm just wondering, from a, is it, so from a content production event coordination, so do companies approach you to run events for them or is it that you have a, a mission and a story that you're trying to bring to people through these methods or is it a bit of both both i would oh, say yeah. yeah so in the past year what as a also because it's a creative agency it's not a humanitarian organization or an ngo that is working on that aspect where we want to um contribute on changing that narrative that's part on what we produce or what we design as events and host. Um, but also we are providing these elements or pillars as services to um, either uh, international or grassroots organizations, institutions, art institutions or academic institutions. Um, we have worked in the past year on producing a couple of um, uh, videos, we manage campaigns for different organizations 
we were part of the Istanbul Biennale, um, and we just finished um, nine days ago. And because we're also members of different communities, including the Silent University, um, which is a solidarity network uh, supporting migrants and their rights to educate as well, and just receiving education. So there's a lot of really um, great initiatives that we're also collaborating with and creating networks and communities together. Awesome. And where can people find you if they were interested in finding out more about Migration Jam or indeed um, taking on your services? Thank you. We'll find, well, we can, they can find us on social media channels like uh, Instagram, just search for Migration Jam or LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, we're more active on Instagram and LinkedIn, I would say. Uh, in the past uh, months and also our website migrationjam.com um, they can reach out by email suha s-u-h-a at migrationjam.com and we're happy always to yeah, connect with um, new ideas new initiatives and see what we can do together to reach that mission in turkey and globally because uh, yeah, it's that. a global issue yeah. I was just going to ask if it's uh, you can do global. I guess everything can be through um, sort of internet and stuff like that and modern communication. Yeah, our yeah. team is actually not based in one country. They're all over the globe, um, from Turkey to South Sudan um, to Malaysia to Brazil to Europe. Like we're all over. Mm. Um, so, well, yeah. either yourself or me, we need to do a, an episode on um, how do you sort of, how do you manage and need um, a, uh, a distributed workforce? Because that's a big buzzword now in the sort of corporate space, isn't it? Where you know, some companies have been forced into that space, but other people have been doing it quite well uh, in navigating the waters of a distributed workforce it'd be interesting not for this podcast but maybe something out of here just to draw upon your experience in terms of how you find how, how you are finding um being a part of a company that's a distributed sort of workforce and the challenges yeah, I would that, love that might to present. dive into this um we're still learning as i said so it's mm. not like we found a magic algorithm that <laughs> for everyone <laughs> And the thing is, like, also, again, because of the nature of our community, it's it, we are. It's not because we, um, as you said, now sometimes they're forced to in, build the company sometimes on that aspect. But now our community is all over, and we want to reach um, the people despite where they are. So this is how it happened. So as a community, we connect more project-to-project project based at, mm, with the creatives right now because we don't have the ability uh, to cover everyone, for example, so they can quit their jobs and just join Migration Jam. Um, so we are connected project by project-based and, and we find people, it's very interesting how like we land and, and we connect with each other. You know, like it's sometimes through reading something, we connect with each other by attending similar events or recommendations from people, seeing an interesting work and being eager to coordinate or communicate together. Um, and also, sometimes I would just say a side of it, like it's a bit, if you're, especially when you're working entrepreneurial or new startup, or like it can be draining and 
for me, like people on these stories is, is what brings back to life. Like maybe as tasks, you maybe someone can finish their tasks individually, but it's not just about work and tasks as much as also finding this joy of work, I would say, yeah, and, yeah. and um, also new ideas, be connected with more people who have different experiences to open your mind. And without that, I feel that the experience would be a bit more grim. And mm. if we are limited with one spot in terms of location, but also if we are limited with connections um, who look alike, like so me and the partner, the founder of the project, Amal uh, Jibril, we're very uh, different in many ways. And that's the joy of it for me. And um, we're not two copies. <laughs> you know, we're always like, yeah, discussing different ideas and, um, I, and I, I enjoy that. I, I don't want to be talking with my echo, let's say. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, I think that would be great to explore that because you're, you know, not only are you distributed in different places, but then there's the different cultural backgrounds and, you know, language and all of that. And that has to sort of come together and, and, and create a synergy and, and produce a, a product out the other end of that. So that'd be interesting to explore some more. So any final thoughts or comments that you'd want to share uh, with people? Um, I would, maybe it might sound a bit repetitive, but I would just remind people that the migrants and refugee communities is rich, it's creative, it's multicultural, it's diverse, it's full of stories, and there is a lot to learn and to know, and it's exciting, and it can be fun. It's not always dreamy and sad, and um, and it deserves a big opportunities and chances. Mm. Um, and um, I would just mention, because we fair for how we get connected as well, me and you play like through I'm also part of the Community uh, Migration Summit, where it's a collective of, of migrants and refugees creating this um, channel to highlight the stories uh, of migrants. And I found it very interesting. Also, it's a huge community mm. of, of tens of uh, people all over the globe and um, working together for one uh, aim or one goal, let's say. And with different ideas and opinions. So I just want to also shout out for them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. For the Migration Summit team, <laughs> uh, which will be launched, I think, like uh, in a few months. You will you will see also our Migration Summit channels. You'll see when the updates are shared. We already announced the call for submissions and we started to receive uh, some submissions already. Awesome. And early next year, uh, the summit will start. So I just want to end also with thanking this community and thanking the people working with them um, who brought us together today. And yeah, absolutely. Now it's good. And spreading the love out there. I love it. <laughs> so it's all good. Again, thank you for your time and thanks for sharing your story with us. And um, we look forward to the Migration Summit. Before ending our episode, we want to invite you to participate in the events organised as part of the Migration Summit 2023, which will happen throughout the month of April. The summit, organised along with the MIT Refugee Action Hub and Quran Foundation, will explore the theme, co-creating pathways to learning, livelihood and dignity, 
through virtual and in-person events hosted by participating individuals and partners around the world. Make sure you check the Migration Summit website at migrationsummit.org to learn all you need to know about the events, sub-themes or different summit editions and subscribe to get updates.